All right, so hey everyone, I'm Ashley Morris. I'm a food writer here at Star News Online and PortCityFoodies.com, and I'm here with Adam Wagner, who's our regional environmental reporter, but also a major foodie in town, and um, helps me figure out menus, where I should eat next. And so we're going to be going through uh, Guy Fieri's uh, Wilmington Saga, everywhere he went, maybe we're going to guess possibly what he ate, and see um, where we think, there's some places we think got snubbed. Yeah, absolutely. And we're definitely going to talk about that. And so I want to just go dive right into Guy Fieri's time here and share that in July, we wrote a story um, at you know at the newspaper about where we think Guy Fieri should go. So did we know that he was coming at this point? We didn't even know he was coming to Glow Academy's fundraiser. Okay, this is like one of the first things you did. First, the food beat. yes, I started the Food Beat in June, July, and this I thought, I've got to write a story about where Guy Fieri would go for Triple D. I'm not taking credit for the Triple D appearance <laughs> of Guy Fieri, but I definitely want to. Um, and so we broke down probably 10 places we thought he should go. And I'll get into that in a second, but then weeks later we find out he's coming to Glow Academy. He's going to do their annual fundraiser at uh, Land- Country Club at Landfall. And then but we still didn't know his producers would not confirm for us if he was filming for Triple D. December, I started kind of putting feelers out to different sources, asking around if they had gotten producer calls. Some of them told me yes. And I had just kind of this pending list of places that I kept tabs with because I thought he might be going there. And then in last week, I think it was Friday, mm-hmm. we get permits. Because film permits are public record in Wilmington. Absolutely. And I don't know if his producers have ever encountered that before because he was greeted by fans at every single location. Was he caught off guard by that? He seemed, he didn't seem or appear to be caught off guard, but when he talked to us, to talk to the press at the Glow Academy fundraiser for the press briefing, he said that he had never seen that before. And he said, I don't know if someone leaked where we were going to be. And I, I wanted to speak up and say, it's public information. The state leaked it. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. It's government property. Or So how many people, like I saw the one at Copper Penny, mm-hmm. it looked like there was a pretty good crowd. There was a good crowd. With mm-hmm. Flavor Town shirts. And- so Wednesday, he had an amazing schedule. Wednesday, he gets into town. Apparently his flight was delayed, which is what a cop on his security detail told me. And he goes to Cast Iron Kitchen, which I was so upset because I had circled around there that morning several times and saw the parking lot was cleared, but wasn't sure if they were filming B-roll there, or which is just when they kind of film customers taking a bite into a sandwich and saying, oh my gosh, this was the best thing I've ever had. I come here all the time. <laughs> the thing that you're not quite sure if it's real or not. Right. Because you're like, oh, you paid this person. Yeah, and they actually don't need Guy Fieri for that part. Absolutely. And so they went to several restaurants this week or excuse me, last week, before Guy Fieri even got here with his producers in town, and they just filmed those quick B-roll shots. How did they fit in Fork and Cork? That area, so I can't imagine getting a camera in that space. I So I could kind of see into Fork and Cork during his filming, yeah. and they had lights like way up in the corners of the room, mm-hmm. and it was lit up so brightly, and... Um, I don't know. It was it was a tight squeeze. Yeah, if you're not familiar with Fork and Cork, it's a sort of like virtually like an alley-sized restaurant on Market Street in downtown Wilmington. It used right. to be a slice of life that would get packed at 2 o'clock, and then Fork and Cork moved in. And one of the, the challenges of eating at Fork and Cork is that it fills up pretty quickly. How so many about, seats do you think are in there? 20? No, 40. I think it's 40 seats. 40 max. seats? Yeah. I think I heard maybe someone say that. 40 seats. Yeah. It doesn't even bar. seem yeah. like 40 seats, so it's tiny. They've packed it in there real nice. The way you, they had it set up is perfect. You can't get reservations. Mm-hmm. You just have to wait in line, and you should get there early, 4.30 or 5. Yeah, my recommendation about Fork and Cork is always, like, if you're craving it really bad, plan on having a drink or two before, because mm-hmm. you can go in and you can, they have, like, an app that you can... So they'll like text you and say like, "Oh, your table's ready. Do you still want to reserve the mm-hmm. or whatever?" And so just go across the street to Slice of Life or go somewhere else and get a beer and then head back over to work and work and get a drink and get in line. Right, exactly. And then you'll be boosted up and ready for a, a massive burger. Yeah. Or what John and I ordered once, which was uh, the fried pickles. Mm-hmm. Have you ever ordered the fried pickles there? 
So, do we want to save this for a little while? Oh. We, we can jump into Fork. We can jump into this later. I guess we should keep going into Guy Fieri's time. Yeah, yeah. We'll, we'll get back to this in the yes. next couple minutes. So. Okay, so Wednesday, delayed flight, goes to Cast Iron Kitchen. There's really no one there. Um, someone sent us a quick video clip of him from inside one of the shop windows. Cast Iron Kitchen, by the way, is in the strip mall in Porter's Neck, Ogden area, across from the Walmart. And um, it's just... It's kind of this unassuming place, I, and there was no one there. There was no crowds. He just did a quick hit, did his shot outside with the Camaro, and kept <laughs> moving on. He shows up to Copper Penny at probably 2.30, I want to say. Mm-hmm. There's 200 people outside. 200 people? Maybe I'm a bad crowd counter. Okay. But they were so impressed with the huge crowds that they invited everyone in to be in the intro and say the diners, drive-ins, and dives line. They had them all kind of inside or like in front of the building, and he pulls up the Camaro, (laughs) which, by the way, a producer brings it around the corner. I think it sits in a transport truck, and so he literally just parks it. Slams a door and walks in. He doesn't drive across country, actually. He doesn't. I know. Wow, you're spoiling this for everyone that's I'm listening. so sad. <laughs> um, I just imagine Guy Fieri driving the Camaro across the Dan Cameron Bridge. Yeah. And I really wanted that to happen. I can see it bumping across the Memorial Bridge, that the like, <laughs> skid you get on the grid there. Yeah. <laughs> the, that metal grid that yeah. you just have to like bump up and down on. Exactly. Going from side to side. I don't think that'd be good for the Camaro's alignment. <laughs> It would be problematic, probably. Yeah. And so then, so it's kind of so great. So he's been to Copper Penny and, or... Cast Iron Kitchen, Kitchen, Copper Penny. Penny. And then I think it was probably 6 o'clock before he shows up in Fork and Cork, which is just one block over. And with that one, was so, what was so interesting is the producers were kind of lenient and nice with all the big crowds at Copper Penny. But at Fork and Cork, they started getting a little testy, like, okay, everyone's got to put your camera down. You can't be filming while we're filming. Right. I mean, they were getting frustrated that someone might spoil their stuff, which I completely understand. Uh, but I was there with my camera, of course. <laughs> Displaying this stuff. Trying to share with, you know, the Port City foodies. They want yeah. to know. Two blocks over, not one block. Two blocks? Two blocks, yep. Oh, wow. It's lots of It's very close, though. It's very close. And so it started getting dark really fast there. So I'm not sure how the lighting will turn out in that yeah. one. He did his outside shot really quick, slammed the door of the Camaro, once again walked straight in. But then as it got darker, you could just see straight into Fork and Cork. <laughs> and crowds were still gathering outside. They kept everyone on the opposite side of the street, so kind of in that median in between. Yeah. Fork and cork and slice of life. There's just people with their phones, and producers are just waving their hands <laughs> wildly, trying to get people to move because they are apparently in the shot. So it'll be interesting to watch this episode yeah. and see if you can just see out the window. Just so anytime they shoot out, it's going to be chaos. <laughs> producers it's, desperately trying to move people. Mm-hmm. People. I mean, there were literally people hiding under cars. Because there were cars parked right there in those parallel spots. Yeah. And you couldn't be next to them, but you could kind of be under them. It got out of hand. Some people had flash photography. Did they shut down the street? They did not shut down that street. They did shut down Copper Penny Street for just maybe 20 minutes. Yeah. Um, But they never shut down that street. Cars were driving by. People were screaming at Guy Fieri. (laughs) Was he reacting? He reacted one time. So this one car drove by as he was in front of Fork and Cork, and this man just... I think looked at him and then Guy Fieri was like this dude and and then as he squealed past he goes he screams Guy Fieri talk to me <laughs> and everyone was in the crowd was kind of laughing and it was exciting he was really engaging with the crowd he shared that you know his mom is from North Carolina shared that he was the only guy in California that ever liked grits which I thought was a cute joke. Um, Understandable. Yeah, I think they kind of needed him to be a buffer because the producers kind of had to be the bad guys and say, put your cameras down, be quiet while we're filming. But then he could come out and be the star and say, I'm so glad everyone's here. Wilmington, everyone's been so nice. Um, And then so the next day, Thursday, I was at Ceviche's uh, at 9.30 a.m. Again, no crowd there. Mm -hmm. No one was out wandering around. I got some shots from kind of far away as they were filming. You have, like, paparazzi shots? Yeah, I felt a little creepy. I was in the gas station across the street. Um, I know. It it felt a little weird. But, I mean, it was Guy Fieri. It's a celebrity. It's our town. We've got to share with our Port City foodies what he was up to. 
And then, um, so then he goes straight from there to Sweet and Savory. Small crowd at Sweet and Savory, maybe 10 people. And then something fishy, massive pandemonium at 2.30 in the afternoon. People got out of school. They had signs. Uh, one girl was wearing her flaming uh, button-up shirt. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> and uh, so he again came out and, like, not only talked to the crowd there, but then spoke to people, was super nice. Everyone said how hands-on he was. Yeah. It was also, he directed a lot of the shots. Like, he'd say, okay, the camera wasn't in the right place that time. We've got to keep up. We've got to do that again. And he just had this best, this great spirit and attitude. He must have, like, a feel for this by now. He's done this for so many years that he yeah. knows exactly what he's looking for out of each thing. I think he's just got it down to such a science. Was this his first time in Wellington for the show? Definitely for the first time in the show. So when you look at the Triple D map, he's been to Charlotte, and he's also been to Outer Banks. Mm-hmm. Interesting in Outer Banks, his filming location there, they did um, seven restaurants. And they ended up doing six in Wilmington, so I thought that was pretty comparable yeah. to the Outer Banks shots. I, the Outer Banks episodes, I don't know if you're a big Triple D consumer. I am not a big food network. Okay, I watch a lot of Triple D, and those, because they splice each restaurant up with a bunch of other restaurants from around the country okay. so it just feels like Guy Fieri's just constantly driving around eating <laughs> and um, but those Outer Banks rep, uh, restaurants whatever my channel programming is they show up all the time huh. I've seen Outer Banks ones I mean they're on with every marathon I feel like I wonder if they like hone in on it because it's it's a uh, um tourist destination. It makes oh. more sense to do it because they know people are going to be visiting there. It's like a, a destination you would go and seek out a Triple D spot. Right, right. That totally makes sense. I think it'll be the same thing for Wilmington. And he shared with the crowd, you know, more than once, go to these places now, go check out these restaurants we've featured because you won't be able to get in the door once these things air. <laughs> <laughs> it's kind of scary. So which ones of these uh, filming locations have you personally dined at. Alright, so I've eaten I am a big Fork and Cork fan. Yes. Um, let's see. I'm looking through the pile right now. I am. Got Copper Penny. List. I've eaten a lot, a bunch of times Copper Penny. Mm-hmm. And I think that might actually be it. I've never, I tried to go sweet and savory this weekend. It did, it was already getting, I don't know if we got the church rush or the, the mm-hmm. triple D rush, but there was a rush. I bet it's the triple D rush, honestly. I mean, sweet and savory is always crowded, mm-hmm. but you can usually wait probably 10 minutes. It was a 20, 25 minute wait. Oh, wow. Yeah, that's sort of ripcord on that. Yeah. <laughs> it was breakfast time. Um, I love sweet and savory. It's just a great sandwich. I love a sandwich mm-hmm. and like a gourmet sandwich, croissant, melted cheese, maybe like a nice cheese, a Havarti or a pepper jack okay. or Gouda, something like that. And they definitely have that on their menus. And, oh yeah, so do you want to jump into that menu Yeah, first? I am hurriedly flipping through the menu right okay, now. Okay, so, what, yeah, what we, have, we have the menus in front of us, and we're just going to talk about kind of maybe what we've had before. Well, what do you think Guy Fieri would have here? What okay. is so, I think I'm, I'm trying to see if I included it on my original list. Um, I don't think I had sweet and savory on there. I wonder if he would have... Well, let me share my favorite. Okay. So, they had a crab cake sandwich maybe two years ago or one year ago, and it was this crab cake sandwich on the dinner menu, but I would always order it at lunch as well. Tomato chutney and goat cheese and arugula on a bun. Ooh. And serve with home fries. And it kind of came with this, like, vinegar-y relish. Gotcha. It was so good. And I believe, if I'm not mistaken, that that menu item left with the chef who created it when he left. And so I R.I.P. to the crab cake sandwich (laughs) of sweet and savory that I always used to order. Um, I wonder if he ordered... It's not soft shell crab season, yeah. but they I love their soft shell crab tacos. Okay. They're out of this world. That's my another favorite of mine on the sweet and savory menu. Um, I'm just looking back at the like the classics and figure that like maybe that mm-hmm. that would be the way he would go. I know. I feel like so like I said, they have so many sandwiches. Mm-hmm. I wonder if he might do um, there's a Bubba Gump shrimp like pita. Okay. Can they use that name? I wonder if they have to change the name for that show. Yeah. Um, 
But there's also... I love the Johnny Appleseed. I don't know if that's Guy Fieri worthy, but it's just a croissant with uh, turkey, Havarti, Granny Smith apples, and honey mustard. I love apples. So it's just like turkey. a... It's almost like a leftover Thanksgiving sandwich. Yes. Which it's, is the best kind of sandwich. It's the best, and it's so good. They also, I think, have a um, smoked pork belly, I believe, like Ooh. on the appetizer menu. Let me see if that's right. I just could be making stuff up. So the one thing that's totally jumping out to me at this menu is yeah. the pulled pork enchiladas. Ooh. That looks like... That looks really good. Yeah, it's, it's the right mix of like something that you absolutely want in pulled pork with, with the way that you might not eat it normally. That is a good point. I love... I mean, any way you can incorporate pulled pork, I think Guy Fieri's going to go to just for the fact that it's North Carolina. He's got the Carolina boy in it. Can I say that he also referred to Wilmington as a, quote, small town multiple times? <laughs> do you think, do you agree with that? Do you think Wilmington's so, a small town? When I when I first interviewed here about five years ago, I had never been here before. I think the farthest south I had been was Washington, D.C. Hmm. Brand new to anything southern. And I asked the editor I was interviewing at the time if Wilmington is more of a small city or kind of a, a rapidly overgrown town. And his answer was that it, it's more of just a town that has, That's has true. boomed its way past town status to sort of small city status. But mm-hmm. it's it's still got a lot of the feeling of a town, but but has a lot of the benefits of a city. We definitely act like a small town. Yes, in some ways. I mean, Even if those filming permits weren't public record, mm-hmm. we would have all known where Guy Fieri was at all moments. Yeah, well, especially the food community. There was clearly some chatter yeah. there. Everyone knew where it was going to be when. Mm-hmm. They had to... I think we went to... Um, bone and bean last week. Oh yeah, and and that's has the same owner as Fork and Cork. Mm-hmm. So we were chatting with him a little bit about what just what the process is. Yeah, and it sounds like the process is so time and labor intensive. It's intense. It's a big commitment. You have to shut down for like more than one day. Mm-hmm. You have to have your full on staff going one hundred percent to make all this stuff look not only taste great but look great. And then I mean, just a lot of resources. Yeah, and then you're not getting that income because you're closed. So we actually saw some of the restaurants that that didn't get chosen went through right. the process. Say, you know, would we have loved to have been chosen? Mm-hmm. Sure, but we're kind of glad that we didn't have to go through all this. Yes, yeah. So um, Hell's Kitchen mm-hmm. gave them the thumbs down. I think they just could not make the commitment. It was a rough winter for them. Um, it sounded like being closed for two days was just not With an the option. Winter, yeah, the, the storm sort of the threw them storms. off. Storms sounded like. Mm-hmm. And then also Dixie Grill said no. One, because it was a big commitment, but also Brian Mayberry admitted to us, um, and this got a lot of talk around the community, mm-hmm. that he just like wasn't the biggest Guy Fieri fan. He told me he's more of a Gordon Ramsay guy. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, Daisy Girl doesn't really need it either. If you're no. downtown, like that is one of the two places you go there are basics. That's right. Those are your best lunch place. Your best, best like weekend breakfast or brunch places. Brunch, for sure. Yeah. And it's always same thing as Fork and Cork. Line out the door. Yeah. You have to wait. Time it real carefully to not hit church crowds. Yes. <laughs> Make sure you know exactly when the services are if you live here. You have to really be um, strategic about your timing mm-hmm. with all those places. Yeah. Or maybe go on like a... I would say go on a weekday. It's wide open then. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The best thing about Dixie Girls, if you walk in and, and if you have not inhabited the downtown bars the evening before. <laughs> you can see everyone else's hangovers and sort of watch them suffer through that. I've seen... Especially at the bar at uh-huh. the middle of the restaurant. Yep. People really kind of slumped over. There always be like one or two guys just sitting alone at the bar. Mm-hmm. Clearly the last the night before was not their night. <laughs> and they're just like, they're just sitting with their head in their hands, <laughs> maybe wash hair. And they're just like, like grunting, like eggs. They just really want some eggs. They have good Bloody Marys there, too. I'm not a Bloody Mary fan, but any they have those hashes. Oh, yeah. The corned beef hash or the... I think there's a, a Mexican one. A Southwestern Like a chorizo hash? Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's, I'm blanking on exactly what it is right now, but it's one of my go-tos there. It's really, really Ooh, good. I need to try that. I've always tasty. always gotten the um, shrimp and grits. Yeah. <laughs> That's that's a very safe bet there. Yeah. Um, okay. So. So that's sweet and savory. That's sweet and savory. I think. Well, look. There's still a crab cake on the on the menu. It could be the same one. Maybe they brought it back. Um, so let's go to Cast Iron Kitchen's menu because right. that's where he went first. So this was the place that that when this first emerged and we found out where he was going to go, mm-hmm. that I was like. I want to get there before he gets there. Yes. This looks amazing. Okay, another place that there's already insane wait times. Okay. It's, um, again, it's in a strip mall across from Walmart and Porter's Neck. It's Josh Petty. 
interestingly enough, he used to be the chef at Sweet and Savory. Gotcha. Um, and he started this restaurant maybe two years ago. Um, it's just been a huge hit in that community. Brunch out the door. I heard the other day they actually had to ask people. It was so cold outside. No mm-hmm. one was waiting. Usually people wait outside and mingle. But it was so cold, everyone was packed inside. It was a fire hazard. They had to wow. force people to get outside. That's right. So that's an area that, that is obviously growing incredibly fast. Mm-hmm. And that, that is, for lack of a way better term, hungry for these kinds of restaurants. Yes. If you want... So I think one of the uh, big highlights of the menu is a shrimp salad sandwich. And it's we actually have the recipe for it on our portcityfoodies.com website so definitely go check that out search Josh have you Josh made it Petty. is it replicable I've made it and it's really good okay. but here's the thing the rye bread that they have at Cast Iron Kitchen is has this spice to it and like this buttery crispiness that I can't replicate at home so if you just want a good shrimp salad definitely make it but if you want the shrimp salad sandwich just put it in the hands of Josh Petty <laughs> Uh, there's a Dirty South uh, chicken biscuit. Yes. Which, yeah, let's That talk was about the thing that. that was jumping out. When I was looking at this menu, it was yeah. like, like, what is the thing that I'm absolutely going to want to eat? That was, I was sitting there with my girlfriend, and that was the thing that I was just like, oh my God. The only thing I think would hold Guy Fieri back from the Dirty South biscuit. It's a southern fried chicken tenderloin, bacon, runny egg, Munster, and pepper jack cheeses with a sausage gravy. The only thing that would hold Guy Fieri back is the runny egg. Doesn't like runny eggs? Guy Fieri does not eat uh, eggs. I mean, he eats them within food if they're mixed in something, Mm -hmm. but just like a typical egg on top of something, he can't do it. He gags. I understand that. Mm -hmm. The the consistency is weird of eggs. I think it smells a little off-putting sometimes with eggs, so I understand. I mean, I hate ketchup, so that's a deal-breaker for me. I went about 19 years of eating ketchup and (laughs) just got into it around college, and it was not a good life choice. (laughs) Um, yeah, so he has a lot of great stuff on the menu. Also, I just love his specials. Mm-hmm. He, he'll have, he has this big chalkboard in there, and you can just look up there on a Sunday morning or Saturday morning. I know for the British Open, he did this big British breakfast special with bangers and mash. It was this full spread that John and I both ordered. Mm-hmm. It was delightful. John is Ashley's husband. Yeah, my husband. She, yes. She's going to keep talking to Fellow you. eating partner. I eat a lot. Yeah. <laughs> um, and then, so let's move on to also so, proper well, let's, let's see here one second. Yeah. How is the pimento cheese? Because it's obviously a very southern menu. It's delightful. It is. Great pimento cheese. If you're picky about pimento cheese, about the ratio of cheese to mayo, I think you'll be pleased okay. with the cast iron kitchen uh, pimento cheese. And then really, oh, I didn't even talk about their chicken and waffles. Oh, boy. They're a little elevated. So they've got, um, I'm going to try to find them here on the menu. It's just a typical waffle, but there's um, southern fried chicken tenderloin on top, country ham, Swiss cheese. Okay, the fig bacon jam mm-hmm. brings the sweetness to it. And then there's always some like little nuts kind of sprinkled on top that kind of oh, give it a good. crunch. Yeah. Is it really the, good. do they do the... Um, the patty, the chicken patty, or is it the chicken with the bone in? It's almost like, no, there's no bone. Okay. It's just a little chicken tender. You need a knife and fork to eat it. Okay. Mm-hmm. I, see, when I get the bone in, I get thrown off. I understand that's like the right. traditional way to have it, but like... That's a lot of work. Yeah, and it's a step that, that when I'm at brunch, I'm feeling extra lazy. It's Sunday. Mm-hmm. I don't want to have to like cut up this thing and, and maybe screw it up, maybe just like look really confused because it's 11.30 on a Sunday morning and I'm not awake yet. Right. Trying to cut up this chicken thing. So that sounds amazing to me. I would absolutely eat that. Uh, yeah, definitely because you don't have to do the bone-in kind of work. And the fig jam is just a surprising ingredient to put on it, but it's mm. so good. I remember the, that was the first thing I actually ever ordered at Cast Iron Kitchen, and um, I got it multiple times going back. So you're a regular here? You... I'm a semi-regular there. Okay. Just because there is a big wait. I mean, there are a lot of times we'll drive by there for brunch and then keep going to the next spot and say, like, oh, well, maybe we'll try another place today. It's just so crowded. That makes sense. Mm -hmm. Uh, So that's another place that I can't imagine how much more crowded they could get. Yeah. They still have the space. They're going to have to knock down the, like, other stores within the strip mall and expand. (laughs) The benefit they do have, though, is that they're not... They're close-ish to Wrightsville Beach, but they're not really mm-hmm. in one of those downtown Wilmington or by one of those Carolina Beach places that already has tourists. That right. It's just, it'll just be part of the trip. You're going to have to go out of your way to go to Cast Iron Kitchen a little bit. There's a lot of locals that go there, and I know people have traveled as far as Holden Beach, is what Josh Petty told me. People will drive up from it's Brunswick like County Beach. an hour and a half drive from yeah. Holden Beach. 
people will drive that far just to get their food. Uh, but you also have figure eight, mm-hmm. all those vacationers who, that's, they're probably, other than Cornerstone Bistro, really the only brunch spot Yeah. for that island. Other than, the, well, there's also the country club. So. Yeah. <laughs> Let's dig into Copper Penny too because right. I've only had I've only been there once. So Copper Penny, the deal here is the sandwiches. Yes. You absolutely want the sandwich. And, okay. and they're all pretty impressive. They also do a lunch special. They do a um, a fried shrimp special a couple of days a week. That's pretty solid. Oh, that like sounds good. 11 or 12 bucks for a fried shrimp. Can you describe the inside of Copper Penny? So it's it's the old Star News building. It's an historic Star News building. Really? Yeah. And the downstairs, um, there's a like an oval out of the middle of the room. If, you, if you're standing in the middle of the room, there's like an oval kind of surrounding you in the ceiling. And that's where the printing press used to be. I did not know this. Yeah. And so that that's why it's it's as the downstairs room where the restaurant is kind of bizarre and then the other offices are upstairs oh my gosh <laughs> um, and so it's a big Philly bar mm-hmm. the giant Eagles fans lots of the paintings of Eagles Mike Schmidt from the Phillies Bobby Clark from the Flyers um, it's very dark it's even dark at like lunchtime mm-hmm. no and windows a couple windows but they're sort of covered over I mm-hmm. think they, there's hardly any light in there you can go in yeah if you go in on a sunny afternoon, you come out, it's going to take your eyes a minute or two to adjust. You can put the stars going on. But so the food, it, it really is just lock in on the sandwiches. And the cheesesteak is very good. Obviously, it's, it's just a, a traditional cheesesteak. Now, what they do that the other ones don't in Wilmington sometimes is they put the onions and the peppers on. There have been some other cheesesteak lists that I've been to that trying to make it pay extra for the peppers. What? Yeah. That's and blasphemy. Exactly. <laughs> like, it, it comes with onions and peppers. That is part of the cheesesteak experience. Yeah, so they do it right. Yeah. But I've also heard so much about, because when we put a call out on Facebook asking folks maybe what Guy Fieri might be eating, mm-hmm. so many people said something about the chicken sandwich. The chicken sandwich is very, very good. It's an absolute classic. Mm-hmm. Um, it, if you need to go in there and you're just going to go one time, that would be what I would get. Really? Yeah. I definitely think that's what he ordered then. And Yeah. And it's... So 109 Chestnut is it's, it's the restaurant's address. It's obviously like the house thing. Okay. That they do. So that's, that, the, that's the thing you have to order. Yeah. Especially ahead of Triple D. Right. <laughs> yeah. I would, I would get in there now and do that. The other one's really good. It's the hot roasted pork sandwich. Ooh, what's that? Um, it's It's got the... Oh, wow. Yeah, it's got the juice there. So it's pork tenderloin, sautéed spinach, provolone cheese, fried onions, garlic aioli served with a side of our juice. They're all the kind of sandwiches that, like, you're going to eat about three-fourths of it, and mm-hmm. you're just going to sit there and be like, do I really need to eat the rest of this? Mm-hmm. And you you're also that. eating the side of fries. Right. Very good fries. Dunking them in this garlic aioli that's on the menu. Yeah. I, garlic aioli is just a magic word to me. It's a very good thing. <laughs> <laughs> um, um, I want to also talk about... Let's see. I want to lock on one more thing. I've got to Oh, yeah. The other one is their chicken tender platter. Okay. Our, our colleague, Hunter Ingram, will always go up the chicken tenders. <laughs> um, you think it's just like, oh, it's just chicken tenders, whatever. No. Really? They, it's they better They toss them in a sauce. They, these giant, like, long tenders that... Like a meal and a half. Like if you what, go in there and get them to go, they're just wonderful. What is the wing sauce specifically? Is it a combo of different ones? I think it's a high, I usually go barbecue sauce. Okay. The tenders. Um, they have all kinds of different ones. They have like a hot sauce that's that's very, very good. I, I have not gotten their wings, but I've heard very good things about the wings. There, they're supposed to be some of the best in town. There's some really good sauces on this menu. There's different specialty aiolis. Mm-hmm. Basil, garlic, wasabi, chipotle, ramelade. And... Guy Fairy loves sauce. Yeah. He's a sauce guy. Especially if you make it from scratch in the kitchen with him. Yeah. That's the key to Guy Fairy's <laughs> That's his heart. Jam. <laughs> All right. Um, fork and cork. Ooh, this is the highlight. Yes. For me. I know Ceviche is, is your highlight, I think. Well, can I say that what we said, okay, this is what we wrote in July when we did our prediction story of where Guy Fairy might go. We said he, we think he might try out the trailer park burger. Hmm. Um, which is a burger patty piled with a fried green tomato, jalapeno pimento cheese, bacon, onion, and bread and butter pickles. Um, and if you know James Smith, the owner, mm-hmm. he has this amazing pickle recipe yeah. handed down from his grandfather. He makes in-house, 
it's really just has a special story, and I hope Guy Fieri uh, locked into that. So those are the pickles of Dawn and Bean, right? The grandfather's pickles, the ones at Fork and Cork are a little different. They are? Yeah. Okay, so Bone and Bean are James Smith's The family recipe, yeah. Mm-hmm. And the ones at Fork and Cork are... I still think they're homemade, though. They're homemade. Yeah, they're definitely homemade, but they're definitely. a little sweeter. They're, okay. It's a very specific, like, house recipe pickle that's... That will come with every sandwich and is really, really, really good. Take us through what your fork and cork favorites are. So, my thing with fork and cork is don't overthink the menu. Yes. There's a lot of stuff on here. Everything is good. Everything is interesting. But go as basic as possible. I'd almost recommend not getting an appetizer. Every time I've gotten an appetizer, it's always delicious. But then we feel like we missed out on the burger, kind of. Except the crispy Brussels sprouts are just oh the yeah, best those thing. are really good. Maybe order those as a side. So they're if you haven't had them, they're Brussels sprouts. They are they're as the recipe says, real crispy, but they come with a little pancetta in there, little mm-hmm. chunks of pancetta, and they are so 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 good. And they're kind of cooked down in duck fat, mm-hmm. yeah. which adds a de- another level of flavor. So you can get any of the appetizers as a side for like. I think it's like four or five extra dollars. Okay. I'm not seeing it here on the menu, but there, there's a way to do it that is not unreasonable. Um, so the best burger I've ever had at Fork Cork was the Hot Mess. Okay. Which is bacon, jalapenos, grilled onions, blue cheese and cheddar, lettuce, tomato, pickles, and onion on a brioche bun. Everything, most everything comes on a brioche bun there, <laughs> which are amazing. Really but, good buns. Yeah. The, again, with the name, they're not lying. Mm-hmm. It's You are going to make a fool out of yourself eating this burger. Just lean in, accept it, it's worth it. You know, that things are going to fall off. You might want to use the fork and knife, you might not. That's up to you. Um, I know a lot of people would have had good luck with the Kyle style, which is the brisket, barbecue sauce, and mustard. Mm. The brisket's very, very good. I just have a really hard time with this menu passing up the burger. I know. I, again, I the Duck Duck Goose burger pops out yeah. as maybe a Guy Fieri potential pick. It's a ground duck patty, uh, country pate, fried duck egg, port wine cherry sauce, arugula, and shaved red onion. But once again, it has a duck egg on it. So mm. would Guy Fieri eat it? I don't know. Maybe not. <laughs> there are, aren't there duck wings, though, as well on mm-hmm. the menu? Maybe he could go for something kind of odd like that. Yeah. They also do the they do the um, gourmet mac and cheeses. Uh, their day. mac and cheese is insane. Yeah. it's So they do like, it's a special, rotating special most of the time, right? Mm-hmm. They, have like they add time. different ingredients in it based on, we you know, whenever you're in there. Mm-hmm. And it's it's on the board in the back of the restaurant. So mm-hmm. as soon as you walk in, it's worth peeking up and looking straight back. And you'll see whatever the special sandwich is and whatever the mac and cheese of the day is. Mm-hmm. Uh, this, to me, is the most on-brand for Triple D. Yeah. Of all the restaurants he picked. And... We should also say here that Diners, Drive-Ins, and Dives isn't a... The title isn't really a parameter (laughs) for what he goes for. If you watch the show, you know what he's looking for. And it's not always a diner, drive-in, or dive. These are a little bit classier. Yeah. I mean, these are not, you know... There, there are dives in town that are worth going to. Winnie's is. Mm-hmm. I don't think they would take offense to us calling them a dive. No, they totally lean into that. They are delicious food, but but it is a really unassuming location. It's a really unassuming restaurant. Yep. And you go in, and it's an amazing burger. They would not. Fulton Cork would not play in Winnie's in, in that no. location. They would. I mean, duck pate. I think you would. Yeah. It wouldn't go with that crowd. Right. And when you're there, you just want the basics at Winnie's. Right. You want just a burger with cheese and maybe maybe a tomato and onion if you're getting fancy. Yeah, and I, I don't mean to, to point out Winnie's, but it just lines up here with Fork and Cork. They're both be burger places. Right, and there yeah. was a lot of intense backlash about Winnie's. Yeah. What's the most... I think it's the most glaring omission from this list. It's the one that, like... Really? There are so many people that that... It's one of those like open secrets of Wilmington. When you've been here for a year or two, you know that Winnie's is the best burger. Right. Like that's just what everyone says. I'm gonna say Fork and Cork might be the best burger. So my favorite burger is actually the Harp. At the Harp, really? Harp is really good. Yeah. Oh my gosh, I've yeah. never had a burger there. It's very much worth checking out. <laughs> um, but Winnie's easily top five. And definitely. The sweet potato fries that come with it. The sweet potato fries are the reason to go and there. And they do the honey and the cinnamon on the fry. The brown, mm-hmm. brown sugar. It's brown sugar, not cinnamon. They're right on the fries. It's so... It's the best sweet potato fries in town. Yeah. They easily win that one. Yeah, and I'm usually a person that with sweet potato fries, I think they're over... 
I'm always going to order them, and I'm always going to be disappointed. Really? Yeah. Because I'm just like, oh, yeah, this would be great. And then they're just, whatever. They're not as good as the normal fries are because they're not the specialty. Yeah. Never let me down. <laughs> um, well, let's jump into ceviches, yeah. uh, which can I also say that I heard some media professionals this week during this Guy Fieri coverage call it ceviches, Ooh. and I don't want to point out which TV station said that, but <laughs> it's not an Italian restaurant. It's ceviches, it's Panamanian-inspired cuisine, mm-hmm. which means you're going to get some plantains, you're going to get some interesting stuff kind of in your food. This is like your favorite place on this list, This right? is my favorite place. Um, I think a lot of people were surprised this made it to a Triple D list. Mm-hmm. I was not. Again, as a Triple D consumer, he has such a um, wide variety, cast a big net, goes to a lot of Jamaican places, um, Asian spots. He, he really wants culturally influenced food with a lot of flavor. He's yeah. the king of flavor town. He wants <laughs> flavor. And um, Kirsten Mitchell's the chef at Ceviche's. Um, one of the things I think he's going to feature on this menu are the blue shrimp and grits. Okay. It's um, So we actually have, again, the recipe for that on our website, yeah. portcityfoodies.com. Uh, when we interviewed Kirsten Mitchell, this is one of her own recipes. The grits are grown and milled to order. So she uh, calls up this place in South Carolina with these blue grits. And, um, yeah, I mean, they send them her way specifically for ceviches. I can't even find it on the menu. I'm looking for it. I know. I'm looking for it now, too. It's probably in the very end on the dinner section. Okay. Maybe in the last page. Gotcha. Wait. Is it on here? I don't think so. Well. So get that. Ask for that. Even if it's not on the menu. Ask for the blue shrimp and grits. You won't go wrong. I mean, we have photos of it on our website. It looks really good. Is this... So a lot of things here aren't aren't necessarily... I'm not the most familiar with them as... Okay. As a, a... American eater. Right. This so, is the kind of place where I can walk in and order anything and I'm going to be basically okay? You're going to be okay. It's nothing too crazy. Unless you're not a fan of goat cheese. I mean, some people aren't. I can have it every single day of my life. There's a goat cheese guacamole where she's got goat cheese, roasted tomatoes, green onions, and basil kind of all mixed into this guac. Um, so when you go there, this is the place where you want tapas. You're going to order multiple rounds Get a really good margarita and just sit um, on their patio, watch cars drive by, go into Wrightsville Beach, watch the sunset. Really good atmosphere in this restaurant. Okay. Stock it online. <laughs> Get pictures <laughs> of how pretty it is. It's pretty small as well. And then if you, again, tapas are the way to go. If you like empanadas, there's a black bean empanada with um, pineapple salsa, avocado, dipping sauce, um, there's a chorizo again, and there's the goat cheese popping up again. Chorizo and goat cheese empanada, delicious. And then she is just a master craftsman mm-hmm. with seafood. Anything that's locally caught is going to be a special gotcha. on the menu, and she's going to just do it upright with an amazing rice, um, vegetables. She just really makes beautiful dishes. If you don't already stock them on Instagram, do that. They are food porn. Gotcha. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. So pretty healthy, too. Pretty healthy. Like. You like yucca, yucca frites are on the appetizer menu, little um, slices of yucca, which is kind of comparable to like a plantain, but yeah. not exactly. Um, and they're served with a jalapeno aioli. So just fun stuff. It's just a fun place to go. And I can see Guy Fieri being excited about a place like that. Gotcha. He grew up... Uh, not, I don't, vegan isn't the right word, but he grew up with kind of vegetarian, vegan cuisine. Okay. So he's only just, he discovered meat as a teenager. Good <laughs> <laughs> thing to discover as a teenager. Um, what restaurants have we not talked about? We have not done fish bite. Oh, something fishy. So, yeah. That's our last That's one. right. I, I switched the fish restaurant. Fish bites. <laughs> Ooh. So something fishy we can say is probably the most controversial, controversial pick out of all of these. Um, we saw a lot of stuff online about people saying, why in the world are they going to this place? I think it's just an old classic. If you're yeah. from Wilmington, it's been around for, gosh, more than 30 years. Something fishy's been around. Um, there's no menu we can find online. It's really hard to figure out. I mean, I found a kid's menu. It's safe to say that it's it's just, not just, it's, it's good fried seafood. It's a basket. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You're going to go in, if you know what you like, mm-hmm. you'll be able to get the fried clams, fried shrimp, fried scallops. Yeah. Whatever you like, you're going to go get there. I don't know if they have a shrimp burger on the menu, but I would hope that's what Guy Fieri maybe might be featuring because there's so many good shrimp burgers in town. I hope just one made the menu. 
shrimp burgers are just like a pile of fried little popcorn shrimp topped with slaw stuck in between a bun. Yeah. Maybe drizzle some barbecue sauce on it. I know some of the barbecue places in town you do a shrimp burger like that. I would go with like a, a creamier sauce on a shrimp burger. Maybe like a tartar. Even mayonnaise works. Mm-hmm. I mean, something something to just cut yeah. it a little bit. Just kind of cut through the fried with the bread. Yeah. So, I have never been to something fishy. Yeah, I, I've never I'm, been. I'm sure it's it's good. I'm sure that, <laughs> but I don't think I've ever heard it come up in the context of like, oh my god, you have to go to blank. No, it's not a food destination. No, and it apparently will be now. Yeah. But if I were going to pick that kind of a fish restaurant, I would pick Provision Company in Southport. Absolutely. Which it sounds like it. it I don't know how accurate this is, but it sounds you guys are telling me it might be closed for the winter. Mm-hmm. I'm not sure. I believe that. I've not been it to Southport is. recently. I, the restaurant, the website does not indicate that it's closed. I, I, that's what I've been staring at my phone at the last couple of minutes. I'm trying to figure out for sure. But Provision Company is my go-to. You can get down there for lunch. Mm-hmm. They have a um, their lunch special for like nine bucks. It's it's one crab cake and a half pound of shrimp. Or the flounder sandwich. Yeah. And, so good. And it's very, very solid food. And it's the view. Mm-hmm. It's right on the Yapes in there. It's mm-hmm. out It's hard in this town to get an A-plus view and A-plus food yeah. together at the same time. That's definitely one of the restaurants where you can get both. Absolutely. Um, and then I also feel like it's something fishy. Guy Fieri was really excited about it. I wonder if there's a family connection there because his mom is from the Chapel Hill area. Maybe she went there. She's been there before or something, but when we asked him, you know, which restaurant really stood out to you mm-hmm. at the press junket at Glow Academy's fundraiser, he said, you know, something fishy. He said, people, there's, there aren't these restaurants everywhere. That's a good point. I mean, I'm sure that that is true yeah. in most areas. The problem is that there are a, a lot here. Yeah, and a lot to do something similar. I mean, Cape Fear Seafood Company does Cape, something similar. Or think about Bowman Seafood in Carolina Beach. It's yeah. the paneled walls. It's the old booths, and it's baskets of fried. The one I accidentally said earlier, fish bites. Fish does bites. Something similar. Absolutely. I mean, these these all they are all good, mm-hmm. but there's there's not one that that stands out in this way. I heard someone in the food community say this week that they hope this will be kind of like the shot in the arm uh, something fishy needs because they've been around so long. Mm-hmm. They maybe they just didn't get the recognition they really deserved. And maybe this will kind of pump them up to really um, be great. Yeah, absolutely. But yeah, definitely saw a lot of negativity, either love or hate for this online from our Facebook followers. The other thing with with something fishy is that everyone has their fish restaurant. Yeah. Like, obviously, mine is Provision Company. That is when Mm -hmm. I want fish. I I will drive to Southport and go to Provision Company. That is absolutely what I'll do. There are people that obviously are that way about something fishy. If you look in some of the Facebook comments, there are mm-hmm. people defending it to the hills. That's right, yeah. And there are other people that couldn't wait to say something bad about it and say, why didn't you pick Bowman Seafood Company? Right. Fish Bites. Any one of a number... Some, I mean, it's such a... It's a segmented audience. You have your place. It's divisive to pick that kind of restaurant in this town. Yeah. to pick just one. Exactly. Well, what are your top three places that were snubbed that did not make the triple D list? So I've I've come up with a list of actually five or six now. Okay. Um, I I think that Parchies certainly should have been on that list. Can you say what Parchies? Parchies is right behind New Hanover High School. Okay. And it's this walk in. I'm pretty sure the place is in air conditioned. They definitely have fans running all the time. Just a lunch counter type deal, barbecue, hamburgers. Fried whatever, you know, fried shrimp is on the menu. I think pretty good fried shrimp, but everything is solid. And then they do fried chicken on. I think it's Thursday and Fridays. It might just be Thursday. Those are the days everyone goes. Yeah, and it's it might actually just be Thursday. I could be wrong. I'm, we did an article about it. There's an article on. There's the an article. News. Go look for it yeah. on our website. Paul Stephen did it right before he left. Mm-hmm. He ate all the fried chicken in town. <laughs> um, but you can't go wrong on the barbecue. You can't go wrong on the burgers. You can't go wrong on. If it's there, the fried chicken. Yeah. And the cool thing about Parchy is if you go in there, it's really this kind of neat slice of life. Um, you've got you got manual workers in there. You've got people from the school coming in and out. It's a really popular place for attorneys from downtown to get their lunch because um, it's right up the road. And, and reporters. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> several of our reporters. Um, often you'll find us conducting interviews in there. It's yeah. not uncommon. So... Definitely Parchies. Um, in the same category, I have DNU Chicken on there. 
DNU is it's only open Thursday, Friday, I think Saturday. And weird hours too. Just lunch, lunchtime, eleven mm-hmm. to three, I think, at the hours. It's on Nixon Street. They don't really have dining space inside. You've got to mostly take out. No, absolutely take out. Um, it's mm-hmm. kind of yeah. It's it it's not good reading in. Just not yeah. not the space. Not not a whole lot of seats. Yeah. Um, so we go in there, get the fried chicken. The fried chicken is my favorite fried chicken in Wilmington, and it's again the kind of thing that it's like a meal and a half. Mm-hmm. You need the whole thing, but you're gonna feel like you're breaking. Absolutely. <laughs> people go in there, I feel like, and buy their fried chicken for the week. Yeah. I see people really loading up. So there's a rumor about DNU that they don't change the grease, that you need to go Thursday because Thursday is the fresh grease. Really? They have, people that own it have told several food reporters now that that is not true. Right. They change the grease every day. <laughs> don't believe that rumor. <laughs> but I can't recommend it strongly enough. Um, what are some of your choices? Okay. I have more. But um, Flaming Amy's, I think, is a big one. Because yeah. Flaming's is it's lovingly called in the newsroom. I think just the atmosphere is covered in bumper stickers or tattoos, as they're called, at Flaming Amy's. If you go in on Tuesday and you have a tattoo and you show it to someone at the counter, you get a discount. Yeah. I mean, is that not the bold bad boy in his essence? Isn't the motto, like, fast, cheap, and tasty or something? Something like that? <laughs> Fast, easy, and cheap, maybe. It, it's, but they have so many wild menu options. They have Greek quesadillas and burritos. They have, you know, they have Asian ones. I mean, just incredible flavor profile. Got to head on salsa bar, too. That salsa bar is... Great salsa bar. Yeah, they have the pineapple jalapeno, the ginger peach salsa. Mm-hmm. Flaming Amy's is what the Moe's franchise wants to be. Mm-hmm. And it's... Everyone, you know, who's kind of spent time here, film folks, they always mention Flaming Amy's as the place where Chad Michael Murray. Yeah, Chad Michael Murray loves Flaming Amy's. And so those folks always want to come back when they visit. Mm -hmm. So, and then number two, I think, is Casey's Buffet for me. Because um, he definitely had a huge outpouring of support from people who, um, all of his fans who loyally follow him and watch everything he does on Facebook. He was telling me the other day that he made, um, during blueberry season, a blueberry cornbread. Ooh, that'd be good. Doesn't sound good? Yeah. I mean, just, he's always reinventing stuff. It's kind of the old classic Southern spread of all the vegetable sides. In case he has all that stuff. Everything. Fried catfish. Mm -hmm. Um, His collards have this little bit of heat to them that are perfect, and they're cooked for forever. Um, done properly, and then I love his squash casserole. Yeah, cream corn, just all the southern spreads you love. The sweet potato casserole is cannot oh miss in there. It's really good. Ooh. I and go in there. Can, oh yeah, go ahead. I'll go in there and like, I'll get like two meats, and then just the rest of the plate of sweet potato casserole, and then I'm done. I'm right. That. My husband John does not get desserts. Like mm-hmm. he just hates ordering desserts. Doesn't want to be any part of that. And when we go to Casey's Buffet, he goes to the dessert bar and gets five different kinds of cobblers and eats all of them. That blueberry cobbler in there is legit. It's on fire. It's yeah. so good. Yeah. So I think he got snubbed. So, but I, not to justify it too much, but I'm, I'm having a hard time seeing what Guy Fieri would do in there. Right. A buffet is kind of a hard layout for him. Yeah. I and mean, what's the what is, what's the one thing that he makes? Is it right. barbecue? I mean, yeah, his barbecue might be... Uh, a good profile. I want, yeah, I guess there's just so many things to choose from there. Mm-hmm. It's hard for their... And there's not really one compiled, composed dish, I right. guess. Which which is what Guy Fieri loves to feature. Right. A sandwich or a burger or something where there's multiple ingredients on one thing. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. Um, let's see. Another one that I had was was French's Burgers on the way to Carolina Beach. Oh. A little burger shack on the side of the road mm-hmm. that always has the... The controversial political signs <laughs> on, uh, above it. Um, they're very, very obviously religious. Anyways, delicious hamburgers. But good hamburgers. <laughs> really, really good burgers. Yeah. People said the same thing about Merrill's as well. Cause it's Merits, actually, yeah. Or Merritt's, excuse me. Um, it's a true di- drive. Drive in. Yeah, I'm not the biggest Merritt's fan. Yeah. It's good. Um, I don't. The thing with French's is that, like, it's the perfect, like, if you're coming from downtown and you're going to the beach, mm-hmm. to or from, like, like when you're all salty and sandy and just, like, need something, yeah. it's in the perfect spot. Um, I think in the, the third one on my list, kind of tied, 
catch the food truck. Okay. Because it's Keith Rhodes, and they have some really cool stuff on that food truck. Mm-hmm. You can't obviously include catch. It's fine dining. Right. But catch the food truck is a nice alternative. And then um, tied with catch, I would say for me on my list of people who should have been included, um, Savores. Yes, Downtown. I've never eaten there, but I've heard so many good things about it. It's so similar to ceviches. Um, you know, he's got a lot of empanadas, tapas on the menu, and then there's a, uh, once again, a goat cheese, a sweet potato guacamole. Ooh. It's so what colors? delightful. Does it come out of orange? It, it is orange, but it has kind of all the onion, like a real oniony taste, mm-hmm. garlic, goat cheese in it. It's just the creamiest, best thing you could put on a chip. Yeah. And so I think, and it's kind of that same small little setup. He's got really, a guy, as Guy Fieri would say, a funky little joint. <laughs> and I just think it might be perfect for him. So I think the other thing that, that I don't, just looking back over what we've got here, that I don't really see that that is sort of a Wilmington thing mm-hmm. is a breakfast spot. I mean, Sweet and Savory is close to that. Yeah. But, but there's places like White Front, Jimbo's, Causeway Cafe. Yeah. Or even Goody Goody. It feels like one of those would have been a more, maybe not fitting with the show, but fitting with the name of the show. Right. I mean, Tell us about your Causeway Cafe experience, because you were telling me you went this weekend. Oh, so I tried to go to Sweet and Savory, and there was, as I think I mentioned earlier, a little bit of a line, 20, 25 minute wait, and I just couldn't do it. Mm-hmm. Um, drove over the bridge, went to Causeway Cafe, and God, I think it's called like, the Hungry Man's Special. It was way too much food. It was like... I'm trying to think back. It was three pancakes, three pieces of bacon, which it's like the crispy, chewy bacon at the same time, like perfectly cooked. Mm -hmm. One giant sausage, three eggs, and I think a biscuit. It was a lot of food. Um, But the pancakes are the highlight because they do these malted pancakes. And like that's that tastes exactly how it sounds. And it's incredible. And they're kind of small. They know they're they're good size. They're big. Yeah, they just got a short stack, and I eat. I think I ate two and a half of the three. I'm intrigued by the crab omelets on the menu. Yeah, there's a couple, a couple of seafood type omelets that definitely caught my eye. I wasn't quite feeling brave after running around. The one thing about Causeway Cafe that I will say it is cash only. There's mm-hmm. an ATM a couple oh. doors down, but but I think that might be a genius way to keep away the tourists. Ooh, uh, you know, that cash is only. Brilliant. We can't. We're going to try to keep the weight down a little bit with that. <laughs> That's a smooth move mm-hmm. to kind of filter out some people who, you know. Don't have the patience for that. Yeah. I mean, I'm not sure if it's intentional or not, but if it isn't, it's still genius. <laughs> We're still going to give them points for it. That's awesome. Who um, else is on your list? So I, I think it's those, the breakfast ones are the, the yeah. most glaring emissions to me. I mean, I could make a really good case for Jimbo's. I can make a really good case for White Front. Mm-hmm. Those are all like lovingly known in the community, been around forever. Yeah. And if they could totally handle, you know, an onslaught of new people trying to bang on okay. their door. Depending on if church is holding out or not. <laughs> yeah. Again, the kind of place that like you want to line it up so that you're not going in there when you, there's White Front's at the corner of 16th and Market. And mm-hmm. if you time it wrong with some of the churches in that neighborhood, you are not going to eat there. Or park there. Yeah, exactly. Um, well, thank you so much, Adam, for just stopping by and chatting with us about all your food favorites and who should have been on Triple D and who was on Triple D. And you can find all this information. We're going to have a kind of lineup of who should have been on the show. Mm-hmm. Uh, you can see that on portcityfoodies.com. That sounds... Thanks so much for having me. Yeah, thanks.